Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Why do I picture Steve Nash on the beach somewhere or maybe playing a little bit of soccer? As I said, you know, if he was in New York still on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, they've got these soccer fields where there are some pickup games. I could see that. Carlin, let me help you out with something. Mm. Steve Nash ain't in New York right now. Steve Nash is in Manhattan Beach out in Southern California. <laughs> he is not in New York right now. Trust me. He is out of here, bro. Wherever it is. His family. Wherever it is, they got, I'm sure they, they got, got, got on that PJ last night, and they're like, the hell with this weather. We're going to get the hell out of here yeah. and get by a beach somewhere and enjoy the Southern California sunshine. Wherever it is, I'm sure they got a bank. <laughs> They can oh, no pick doubt. up the check. No doubt. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Here's Amari Stoudemire this morning, former Nets assistant head coach who was on the staff uh, the last couple of years up until this year uh, on Nash and the whole situation of getting fired yesterday. It could be a sign of relief for Steve, right? Because once he got the job, it was a lot to intake. You know, it was a lot going on with, with Kyrie and guys that not been available to play, and it was ups and downs throughout his coaching stretch there with the Nets. So I felt like this could also be kind of a sign of relief from him, kind of a, re- a restart moment. But, uh, but I do think bringing in Emei will be a good move for the Nets because he's a guy that has, you know, a fundamental structure when he was there with, with San Antonio with Popovich and, and developing that coaching strategy. And now being able to implement that with the Nets will be helpful for them. Well, we'll get to that part of it in a little bit. But as far as Kyrie's concerned, Chris, I don't think he should play for the Nets anymore. I think they need to find a way to just get out of this completely. And it's not just based on his comments here. It's based on a whole body of work. And at what point do you just say, enough? Let's cut our losses and move on here. I give them credit. They actually took the steps in the right direction this offseason by saying, no, we're not giving you the multi-year contract that you want. It's not happening because you have to actually show that you care about us. And so he opted into the deal for this year Good for him. Uh, he's getting his money this year. But what's the point, Chris? What's the point anymore with Kyrie Irving and the Nets? Well, you're not going to win a championship with these guys. And I think the Brooklyn Nets they keep, keep clinging to that. They keep clinging to that because this franchise remembers the decade where they essentially had no stars that they could hang their hat on. They had no player that was the attraction. You went to the Barclays Center to, to see the other team. That's what the Brooklyn Nets were, but then they landed KD and Kyrie four summers ago, and they don't want to let go of the possibility, the potential that these two superstars have if they're able to make it a team-first agenda. The only problem with that is, Carlin, based on how they've coddled them and enabled them for the last three and a half years, I don't know that you're going to see a change in the mindset or the behavior of either Kai or KD. I mean, think about it. They've acquiesced to both players at every single turn with the exception of giving Kyrie a max contract extension this offseason. Kevin Durant deciding to come back to play for the Brooklyn Nets. You think that there wasn't a wink and nod agreement to fire Steve Nash and hire Ime Adoka when everything went down in Boston? Absolutely there was. Of course there was. There's no way that this thing developed over the last 48 hours. This was in the works. KD hatched this He was shocked, though, apparently, I saw. Of course he was. (laughs) He he says he was shocked. But did you see his facial expression? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just shocked. Come on, man. We know, we, we know you're not shocked, bro. Please. We know that. We know what it is. So I, I just, I don't understand when the organization has given both of these guys seemingly everything that they wanted, down to even trading for James Harden, giving them everything that they wanted, including the head coach, firing Kenny Atkinson and hiring Steve Nash because Steve Nash is Katie's guy. And they've got one 
playoff series win to show for it. One, they got swept last year. So essentially, they're hustling backwards. So I don't understand why you think a switch with the head coach is all of a sudden going to make this thing work out where these guys realize their full potential. I don't know why a switch in the head coach is going to all of a sudden make KD and Kyrie be more attentive on the defensive end of the court. Well, I just is, don't see those things happening. This is what I think has happened here with Sean Marks. When he took over as Nets GM, they took players, they drafted them, they had to dig out of the hole of what had happened with the Billy King era in the Kevin Garnett trade away five first-round picks to the Celtics, that mess. Mm-hmm. They developed guys. Spencer Dinwiddie, they developed. Karis LeVert. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, they traded for, made a deal. Uh, Jared Allen, developed. Like Joe Harris, this guy was a castaway, developed. They turned these guys into viable assets to get to the point where they could go and get KD and Kyrie. And so I feel like with Steve or with uh, Sean Marks right now, he has gone through all of that. And now that he got those superstars here and nothing is happening, he's just continuing to turn and throw stuff at the situation to see if something is going to stick and fix it. Well, here's the thing, Carlin. They didn't develop those guys so they could go and get KD and Kyrie. Well, so they had the assets to trade, and they could, they're could. they all gone because those other guys are here. Well, no, no, no. KD and Kyrie came over in free agency. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, the, the guy, the, the whole they, they, they got rid of Harden, they, they got rid, Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. got rid of those guys. For James Harden. Here's and the J- point. And James Harden, James Hart, go ahead. But they developed those guys to build a super team, so they had assets to trade away for a superstar or to all get into there. You, you understand what Well, I'm they saying. developed those guys to make themselves attractive and to prove that they could be a functional organization. Mm-hmm. And they did that. They, they turned into a destination that had room for two max salary players because they had a lot of young guys. And KD and Kyrie decided to bestow their good graces on the Nets franchise. And as a result, Sean Marks and Joe Sy ceded control of the organization to those two guys. Yep. And what has ownership and management gotten in return for that? One playoff series win. And scandal after scandal after scandal. But Whether he's, it was they're, K- too, they're, too afraid to, they're too afraid to give it up. They're too afraid to they're give up. They're afraid to give it up because they don't know what's next, right? They don't know what, what they're going to be after the fact. They, they've essentially gutted their roster. It's KD, Kyrie, and a bunch of Jags. I mean, they made the trade for Royce O'Neal, but what is he, a role player? Yeah. I mean, I, I, Three I, and D. Yeah, Nick Claxton is a developmental player. There, there aren't a whole lot of guys on here that just say, you know, that's a legit NBA player. Joe Harris and Seth Curry, they, they're great shooters, but you need guys that can that can be the engine for your team's success. And that was supposed to be Katie and Kai. If you move on from one of those guys, the likelihood is that you're going to have to move on from both of those guys. So what are you once you do that? Because you can't find those guys just out there. I mean, Katie and Kyrie, they're two of the top 10 offensive players in today's game. They might just be flat out two of the top 10 players in today's NBA. They're that good. But you can't get those guys to buy into a team-first agenda. And then beyond that, they're all the distractions that these two players create, especially Kyrie. So, again, I ask, what is introducing Ime Udoka into the situation going to change? I don't think it's going to change anything. And I think, frankly, you could have this turn into a worse situation if more of what happened in Boston comes out, which I don't think is out of the question. 
Because sometimes, yeah, I think that's going to happen. I mean, that's going to happen. Look at Deshaun Watson. I mean, he gets traded, more stuff comes out. Yeah, I think that could happen, happen with Adoka. Um, so what do they do, Chris? Do they now turn and just move on from Kyrie? Because I feel like that's what they should do. And if that then in turn means they have to move on from KD, then that's what you have to do. Man, you wave Kyrie, you eat the money, and if KD forces your hand, you get the very best deal that you can for him. Exactly. Time and, to go. And, and you basically tell KD, we're not going to trade you until we get a deal that we're comfortable with. Until then, these are the guys that you're going to have to go out there and play with. Good you, good luck burning another <laughs> year that you have in your prime. Because that's essentially what's happening. Ironically. KD's legacy. That's the other thing about this conversation that we got to have, Carlin. Oh. KD has to wear this. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to the legacy of the player, he absolutely has to wear and he this. he won't do it voluntarily. Because, no, no, no. He won't do it voluntarily. <laughs> but he left a better basketball situation in Golden State to come to Brooklyn with his buddy Kyrie Irving. Because and, he had to come and, and do it himself. The, thing, the only Please. reason why Kyrie has the leverage that he has over the Brooklyn Nets is because we know that they have a close personal relationship, KD and Kai. That's the only reason why Kyrie isn't gone already. And so, again, the Brooklyn Nets have to come to the realization that what they thought this could be is never going to pan out. Cut your losses, move on, don't embarrass yourselves or the franchise any longer by entertaining this nonsense, by letting Kyrie continue to propagate materials that are hurtful and harmful to your fan base and offensive to others. I, I just I don't understand why you're putting up with the nonsense and to me, thinking that you're going to fix all of this by bringing in Ime Adoka, I, I think you're kidding yourself, Carlin. You're deluding yourself as a franchise. This is, I just have a vision in my mind of Sean Marks taking things and just throwing them against the wall. And let's see what sticks to try to fix this thing. And nothing is going to fix this. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. It's hard to believe. At 6-1, and one, they're still the team that we're not paying attention to at all. And they, you could argue, are not even playing their best football yet. Oh, yeah. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. The World Series is on ESPN Radio, presented by AutoZone. Catch all the action tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. And by the way, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred will be stopping by and joining the crew at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight 
on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. The Minnesota Vikings are legit. Canty had, oh, him, no in doubt. His, had him in his top five for the first time uh, yesterday. No, no, no. Second time. Second, Second week time? in a row, yeah. Who did they replace? I thought they, I thought no, they no, replaced no. They, the they, Ravens. No, they, they made it last week. They made it last year. So the top five last week was the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Giants, and the Vikings. Okay. And because the Giants lost, then the Cowboys jumped into the four spot, but the Vikings remain in my top five. Look. The Vikings are better defensively than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And they have a fantastic offense. And one thing I thought was really interesting today, a sentence that I never thought I would read when it came to any coach. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins finally has somebody in Kevin O'Connell who believes in him. No doubt. And and honestly, I was I, I've been a Kirk Cousins naysayer for years and years and years, mm-hmm. and we we know what he does in prime time and in the big situations. Chris, if Kirk Cousins can figure that part of it out, they are a legit threat in a very weak NFC. There's no question about that in my mind, Carlin. And I think what gives me confidence that Kirk will figure it out is that the Minnesota Vikings have finally figured out the offensive line. Like, we got to give some credit to those guys. Yeah. Christian Derrissaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, Ingram, and uh, O'Neal. Like, those guys have solidified that wall in front of Kirk. And as a result, Carlin, you're talking about them having the third most snaps of any offensive line grouping in the National Football League. And that resulting in 21 touchdowns for the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, that, that to me, having that continuity up front, lends itself to being an explosive offense because those guys rely on chemistry and rapport more so than any other position grouping. And then on top of that, we're going to add TJ Hawkinson, who can not only impact that offense as a receiver, but also an inline blocker. Think about what that zone running scheme is going to look like with Hawkinson now and Dalvin Cook as your running back. I mean, it's going to be incredible. Play action opportunities with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. And then Hawkinson being able to be a mismatch with linebackers and safeties. They're already a top 10 scoring offense. They're just going to be that much more explosive now that they've got TJ Hawkinson. They are going to give up a ton of yards, especially through the air. But they're very good against the run. And I don't think, Chris, that Are you talking about their defense? Yes, yes. What, what, what I will say about that, Carlin, is even though they're going to give up a ton of yards, they can hit the quarterback. No, but th- this is my point. Yeah. They can hit the quarterback. Don't, don't, that, this is clearly one of those teams where I would not get fooled by what the numbers say in terms of yards allowed. I think that I, my point about this defense is it's good enough in that it's not going to be a team where they have to put up 35 every week to beat you. Mm-hmm. Your defense is going to play well enough that if they need to come up with some big stops, they are capable of doing it. Yeah, I have some confidence in them to not just be guys out on the field when the offense isn't out there. Because when you added Hawkinson to the mix, I mean, this is... This has got a chance to be a great offense. It does. It really does. And that's the thing. Their offense will have a chance to dictate the terms in which the game is played, right? Mm -hmm. Because if they're lighting it up on the scoreboard, all of a sudden you make the opposing offense one-dimensional. And if you've got to be in a situation where you've got to drop back to pass every time, 
Good luck blocking Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. And, oh, by the way, Zadarius Smith leads the NFL in sacks. The guy that they got from the Green Bay Packers. You know, mm-hmm. the guy that Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst thought was washed up. Turns out he's not. Turns out he can still rush. And so I look at the Minnesota Vikings as one of those squads that can not only get into the postseason, because let's, let's admit it, they're already in the postseason, right? They've got a four-and-a-half game lead on the next closest team in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. They're in the postseason. But they're not just a team that can get to the playoffs. I think this is a team that can win some games once they get to January football. Oh, yeah. And, and I think they're more than capable, Carlin. And this is the team that's under the radar that nobody is talking about, which means that they're scary as hell. I think case in point, they are just giving up 20 points a game. Yeah. Right? Do you feel like the Vikings have to go out there and score 30 to win every week? Here's the thing. I don't necessarily feel like they have to go out and score but they're 30 capable a week, of doing but they're it. capable of doing that's it. That's my point. And that's the thing. Like, what did we see last year in the Super Bowl? Two offenses that can score points. So, for as great as the Cowboys' defense is, for as great as the San Francisco 49ers' defense is, your offense has to go score points. That's why uh, your boy Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch gave up what they gave up for Christian McCaffrey because they realized our defense is great, but our offense got to score points, and we got a limited quarterback. If you're if you're Minnesota, you're looking at the quarterbacks that that they're going to be up against in the playoffs. I, I don't know that there are a lot of guys out there that scare you. No, you know I mean right now, are you? I mean Tom Brady would scare you if in their playoffs, but only by name and and by reputation. I'm not afraid of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right now. No, look, I'm, not I'm just not. No, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they can go in and win in I, Philadelphia I, I, either. I, no, I, I'm, with, I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah. But what, what I'm simply saying is look at the quarterbacks that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, Jalen Hurts is a great story. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a superstar in this league. But he's a young, ascending player. I, I, I can't say definitively that there's an edge at quarterback if the Minnesota Vikings line up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I just think the Eagles are a much better roster top to bottom, but I can't say there's an edge at quarterback. I can't say there's an edge at quarterback if the Vikings play the 49ers. I can't say there's an edge at quarterback if the Vikings play the Seahawks. You get my drift? Yep. I mean, the only team that I would look at that that's going to be in the postseason that, that I could say has a definitive advantage at quarterback over Kirk Cousins would be the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott. And that's by the slimmest of margins. Uh, and I'll give you one more thing to watch. Dalvin Cook, really, you could argue, hasn't even been at his best yet. No. He's averaging six yards a carry his last three games. Justin Jefferson has one receiving, or has no receiving touchdown since week one. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Those are two players. Now, Cook's a little further down the line, but those are two players that are capable of of being explosive. You think Minnesota is afraid of the New York Giants coming into their building in the Absolutely playoffs? Absolutely not. No chance. <laughs> and no I'm a chance. former Giant. No chance. The Vikings could easily be in the NFC Championship. That's game. my point, Carlin. Easily. That's what I'm saying. Yep. They have that kind of team this year. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. He was once the face of the franchise. So what does RG3 think about today's news in Washington? He joins us in just moments. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Might be nobody who knows the situation in Washington better than Robert Griffin III. He, of course, ESPN football analyst, former commander's quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner. He joins Canty and Carlin right now on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, RG3. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, we appreciate the time. Let's get right into it. What was your reaction when you heard earlier today that the Snyders had uh, connected with Bank of America Securities to explore all options, as they say, into a potential sale or other transactions? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, just like all the rest of the fans, I was kind of like, is this real? Uh, we, we know a few years back that they said they weren't going to change the name. They did that twice. And then they said that they would never sell the team. And now they're exploring all possibilities. So, uh, I mean, the fans have wanted this for an extremely long time. Uh, no matter how much you do uh, with the team, the fact that the main guy in charge is still there is going to have a lot of people still have a bad taste in their mouth. So, I just decided to put out a tweet uh, earlier today talking about bringing along 10 fans uh, at no charge to the fans to, to be a minority owner uh, with the team if uh, Dan Snyder does decide to sell. And uh, that's something that's real serious, and I've had a lot of conversations over the last few hours about making that a reality. RG, when we come into the NFL, they tell the players that being a part of the National Football League is a privilege. It's not a right. Now, in the personal conduct policy, they say that owners are held to a higher standard than the players are. And as somebody that's been a part of that organization and still has ties, still knows people in the building, do you think that Dan Snyder deserves to continue to be a part of the National Football League? Well, here's the one thing that we do know, and me and you both know this, uh, Chris, that the NFL – uh, sticks together, no matter what they do, whatever they have to to protect the shield. And inside that ownership group, it's not about who has the most money um, or, or who has the most ties. It's all about who they want to let in the door. So when you ask me, hey, does Dan Snyder deserve to be an owner? I don't have an answer to that because they've got a lot of guys in, those, in that room that you know have maybe have some stuff that they've done over the course of the years, but you can't get away from the fact that Dan Snyder and the, and the ugly history with the team of sexual harassment. Uh, and that's something that we've seen other owners be uh, removed from ownership and forced to sell the team before. Uh, and the fans have been calling this for a long time, even before they knew uh, about the sexual harassment stuff, just because of the performance on the field. So when I look at this, you know, the, the question for me and everybody else is how do we create something that the fans have deserved for an extremely long time? And that's a winner in Washington. Uh, and I think that starts, obviously, with Dan Snyder selling the team and then getting a diverse ownership group in there to kind of help 
you know, lead this thing back. And, and for me personally, as a, as a player who, who played there, uh, I failed. I failed to bring the city a championship uh, like everyone had hoped and I had hoped. So I would love to be a small part uh, of an ownership group that brings a winner back to D.C. Robert Griffin III, former Commanders quarterback and a former Heisman Trophy winner as well, joining us, ESPN football analyst. RG3, um, you obviously know people inside that building very well. From what your sense has been over the last several years, has the culture been as bad or, or, or even worse that has been portrayed? Uh, you know, from, from what I've been told, you know, the, the steps that they've taken forward um, has, has changed the, the culture inside the building. Um, now, when I was there, this is the one thing that's a common misconception uh, none of these things are going on when I was in Washington. These are all the things that have been said were things that happened either before I was there or after I left. So I don't have any inside knowledge uh, about that. But I do know that the players that I talk to that are inside the building and, this, and the people that I still have relationships with inside the building have told me that there's not just been a concerted effort to, to go out there and, and make things better, but that things are better. So that is a good thing. But as I said before, the fans – that's not what the reaction that they're having. And, and like, I don't want this conversation to be made entirely about Dan Snyder. Like, I think this conversation is about the future of the Washington commanders uh, and the fans deserve uh, a winner. And I think it would be really cool to have the fans be a part of that ownership group to kind of see how it happens and goes on the inside and also to have their word be listened to because the fans have been ignored for far too long. RG, I want to switch gears and ask you about Justin Fields, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears in his second year. Now, we know that the Bears are keeping an eye toward the future. It's not necessarily about the here and now, but they made a couple of interesting moves at the trade deadline. They moved on from Woquan Smith, an all-pro linebacker, but they used a second-round pick to bring in Chase Claypool. What did you make of the move, and what have you seen from Justin Fields in year two with his overall development? Well, Cassie, first I felt that the Bears had punted on the season when they decided to trade both Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith because those are two of your stalwarts on defense, cornerstone-type guys, uh, and they let them go. Now, bringing in Chase Claypool doesn't necessarily change that in my mind. Uh, it just means that they now believe in Justin Fields and what he's done over the past few weeks. Uh, you've seen his confidence grow as they begin to use his legs more, his passing has actually increased. His comfortability in the pocket has increased. And when you play the quarterback position, it's kind of like dancing, right? you got to get in rhythm. And what Justin Fields has done is he's allowed one good play to turn into two good plays, to three good plays, to four good plays, and it's a snowballing effect. And I've seen his confidence in the pocket grow. I've seen all the things he worked on in the offseason with his passing mechanics start to show up uh, and hit guys in stride. And I think the Bears are seeing the same thing. So why not give him another target in a Chase Claypool who's hungry to prove that he's one of the best receivers in the, in the NFL, like he had said in the offseason. Uh, he was unhappy in Pittsburgh. He wasn't the main target. Well, now he can go to Chicago and be one of the top two targets there for Justin Fields, who throws the ball vertically really well. And that's what Chase Claypool does well is make those big body catches down the field. RG, is Justin Fields going to be the best quarterback in the 2021 class, or does that belong to somebody else? Listen, all the Bears fans really care about is whether or not he's going to be their franchise quarterback. So I think that Justin Fields is going to prove over the next year or two that he is the guy in Chicago, 
and that they should continue to build around him. The guy's got guts, um, and I, I'm, I believe he's eventually going to get the glory. Uh, he can do so many things well, not just use his legs, but throw the deep ball, um, do the RPOs, and he's got the one trait that you see all the top quarterbacks in the league have right now, and that's the ability that when the game is on the line, they can go out there and make a play and not be handicapped because they can't move inside the pocket. So behind an offensive line that's been shoddy all year, he's starting to play a lot better. They're starting to move the pocket and use him in the ways that they need to to go and have a chance to win football games, and I think that's going to pay dividends down the, down the, down the, down the line. RG3, appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Hey, appreciate you guys. God bless. Robert Griffin III, ESPN NFL analyst and football analyst as as well as former Commander's quarterback. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. There is a team that is two games over five hundred and home this week that is a 13-point underdog. It's taking the points a good bet or a bad bet. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. This has been floated around a lot uh, this week, and specifically today, I don't remember exactly where. It might have been pro football talk. Canty, I am all for moving the NFL trade deadline back. You know, there was a time when it didn't matter. There weren't trades that were being made, and it wasn't all that long ago, Mm -hmm. but that time has changed. The NFL has more trades now than ever before. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. I love it. I I think it's fantastic. And I think it does two things. Like, we're at week eight now when it happens. To me, minimum. Minimum of week 10. After week 10. If not later. And the reason I say that is, number one, you get more talk and intrigue among people about who might go where. And that's always a good thing. Number two... You give teams a little bit longer to figure out who they are yeah. or who they want to be in the second half of the year. And number three, it gives guys opportunities to get to winning situations. And for teams that are trying to bring those guys in, maybe it, maybe it helps them out a little bit to get that done by, hey, we get, instead of getting six games of them, we, we get or instead of getting nine games of them, we get seven, mm-hmm. and it lowers the price just a hair, yep. but they can still help enough that they have a better sense of where they are. No, and I think that's a great idea. I remember a couple of years ago, Major League Baseball moved back their trade deadline. It was in July. Now, Carlin, it's in August. And I think that it gives you that extra layer of intrigue. Um, it allows for teams to figure out exactly who they are and what the best course of action is for their future, not only with the second half of the season, but their long-term future. And so I think it presents an opportunity for a lot of other teams to be players uh, in getting guys off of rosters that don't have a chance to contend. And it makes for a spicier finale to the regular season and more competition as we try to figure out who's going to get these playoff spots. So I'm all about it. I'm with you. I think it should be moved back to week 10 or week 11 
somewhere on the second half of the season. Right now, it's a little bit too early. You know, you're talking about week eight. Some teams have their bye weeks early, so they're not necessarily sure exactly what they're going to be just as of yet. And with the, I guess, the evolution of the preseason and teams' approach to that and not playing starters, I I just think it's going to take even more time for teams to figure out exactly who they are because September football is just an extension of what the preseason used to be. So I'm all about moving the trade deadline back. I think it makes it more entertaining and it makes more speculation, but there's also a potential for more deals to be made. And that's what we're starting to see as a developing trend in the last couple of years. And more more hope for fans for their team too. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We like to try to make you money, and we'll do that later in the show, by the way. Made your money last night. Hello. Hello. What was it again? The old two-pronged parlay. Phillies on the money line. Ranger Suarez over, over two and a half two strikeouts. And a half strikeouts. He had four last night. Yes, he did. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you to McCullers for tipping pitches. You baby. know what last night is called? That's uh, a rocking chair game. In other go. words, you got the strikeouts in the bank and seven nothing fills. I'm gonna sit back and enjoy this. For the rest exactly. Of the night. Maybe with a frosty beverage. Oh, oh, oh not maybe. Yeah, <laughs> not maybe. No, maybe. <laughs> so it's time for a little good bet, bad bet. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? As always, Evan Wilner, producer of Canty and Carlin, will host this segment and will ask us if particular propositions are good bets or bad bets. Evan, go. The Jets are plus 13 against the Bills at home this week. Are the Jets a good bet or a bad bet with the points, Chris Carlin? <sighs> I I don't hate it. I, mm. I don't hate it. Mm. I don't hate it, but I can't call it a good bet. Okay. I would say, if pushed, it's a bad bet. I I think the Bills, listen, they didn't cover at home last week, which I was very disappointed in against the Packers. Yeah. Uh, I do think that they will cover this week against the Jets. Yeah, here's what I'll say. If it was on the other side of two touchdowns, I would say it's a good bet. But I can't say it's a good bet sitting right now at 13 in some places 12 and a half. I, I just can't say that. Now, to the Jets' defense, they have a really good – Defense, and especially with those two corners, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, and the ability to get after the quarterback. They've got 21 sacks on the season, which is good for ninth in the National Football League. With the one-dimensional Bills offense rolling into town, I think that they can put pressure on Josh Allen, but ultimately I think the Buffalo Bills are just too good for the New York Jets. Next, the Ravens, minus 360 to win the AFC North. Chris Canty. Great bet. Not a good bet, great bet. Run, don't walk to put this one in. The Ravens are absolutely going to win the AFC North. They're going to get healthier. You know, Andrews is dealing with something. Rashad Bateman is dealing with something. But here's the deal, Carlin. They got one game, one game between now and the other side of Thanksgiving. This Ravens team is going to have the opportunity to get healthy. Adding Roquan Smith is going to make a huge impact in terms of their defense being able to hold on to leads and close out games. So I think they're a great bet to win the AFC North. Uh, good bet, bad value. You're not getting great value at minus three sixty. Yeah, but it's free money. Uh, okay, but it's, it's not a money. lot of free money. It's what uh, it's free money. Uh, yeah, but uh, listen, I still think there's an outside shot for the Bengals. A game and a half back, basically a game and a half because of the their loss to uh, Baltimore already. 
but it's it's a good bet. Baltimore is going to win the division. Go. The Eagles plus eleven hundred to remain undefeated all regular season. So go seventeen and zero. Good bet or bad bet, Chris Canty. Plus eleven hundred. I love how's the that value. Val- how's that value, buddy? That's how's value. that value? That's value. Hell yeah, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles to do it. Now they got to get through the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Football Giants in order to accomplish that. That's the only. That's the real. The only the real team that I'm worried about. I mean, they've got the Tennessee Titans at home. Eh. I think they can take care of those people because they have an explosive offense and the Titans are anything but explosive. No team has fewer yards from their wide receivers than the Tennessee Titans. So I just don't know that they'll be able to keep pace with the Eagles scoring-wise. So, yeah, can the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New York Giants twice? Can they beat the Dallas Cowboys once? Yeah, I think they can. I like the value. I love the bet. I love it. It's a good bet. Absolutely. At plus 1,100, I'm all over that. I don't think the schedule is a killer. And I started thinking about the Eagles going undefeated a couple of weeks ago. Bingo, I'm in. Great. I'm uh, going to put this in as Who soon as you guys. Who told you to think about that, by the way? You did. Oh. All right, I'm going to put that bet in. You guys answer this question while I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. The Astros plus 125 to win the World Series. Good bet, bad bet, Chris Carlin. It's a good bet when you get the Astros at plus 125 at this point. I I, I'm not going to rule out the Astros. They're an excellent team. Phillies have something special going. I think they're probably going to win. But plus 125, Astros plus anything, only down a game in the series. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good bet. I'm not going to bet money, good money, on a team that I think is going to lose the World Series. So I don't give a damn what the value is. I think it's a bad bet. All right, fair enough. Next. The Nets minus 450 to make the playoffs. Good bet, bad bet. No, it's a horrible bet. bet. Bad bet. That's a bad horrible. You want to know what is a? Bad, you want to know what bad. is a good bet? Fading, fading the nets. Fading the nets plus three twenty five oh, right now. Yeah, Chris, I'm fading. Chris. I'm fading like Michael Jordan in the NBA nah. Finals in '98. I'm fading, <laughs> baby. Fade the nets. Can you imagine what that number's going to change once Kyrie's cut and Durant gets shipped off somewhere else? Oh man, I'm telling you, that's that's a that's a great bet uh, to fade him. Uh, if you're going to fade him, absolutely. Oh, it's a great bet. It's a horrible bet at minus four fifty. Minus 450 to make the playoffs. Could you imagine the people that thought this team was going to represent the East in the NBA Finals? I I mean, those people are Sean Marks and Joe Sonny. No, no. You had analysts, basketball analysts, people that are journalists, been in this business a long time. Give me names. This is going to be the next year. Name names. I'm not going to name names. Oh, name names. I'm going to pull an RG3. I'm not naming names. Check out Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.